In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show because I know there's some great tips that are about ready to emerge um, and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. Also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, making a difference is a choice. We choose how we want to live and lead. We understand how easily life can distract us from moving forward. And it's easy to get stuck. Even sometimes you just get paralyzed due to the the discouragement, disillusion, and missed opportunities. It is during these times that we need to consciously decide to keep moving forward. So in just a few minutes, we are going to be talking with our guest, Russell Helwig, about leading below the surface and how to inspire others, including yourself. Okay, if we are going to change the world, like you said, (laughs) what is one way that we can inspire others or to at least change a corner of their world, okay? Well, I have something that I'm going to say that's so powerful. I would like for you to write this down. Okay, I'm ready. ready. Get get a pen handy. We can change the world by connecting. And I know, I know that's powerful and it seems so simple. That was it? Yeah, that was it. Just by, <laughs> simply by connecting. Because okay. that's what Girlfriended is all about, you know. Yes. We just, we rally others to do the remarkable and we do it by connecting. And it seems so simple, but it is so significant. You like all my so's? I do. It's, it's so-so. <laughs> and it's, we, we know that the best leaders are always the excellent connectors. And you know what's interesting about that is sometimes people overlook that and they see people just connecting and they don't see the value in it. If you're somebody that's totally into the um, behind the scenes and the anal- analytics and the, the execution of things, you don't always appreciate those that are out there making the connections and making the networking happen. Right. And, you know, we talk about this a lot, and, but we just keep changing the face of how we talk about it, how mm-hmm. important it is mm-hmm. to connect. I know um, one time I worked as a corporate tra- trainer in the airline industry and I was standing in the front of my class, you know, wearing my, my little, you know, corporate suit. And apparently I was standing up against the desk and I had my arms crossed and I had my leg just kind of out in front and I had my head just kind of cocked to the side. And as all the students were walking in, I was just standing there thinking and looking at them as they come in. Cause I, I would take their, their pictures from their resumes and the, you know, the photos that they, mm-hmm. and I would memorize their names. So then when 
they sat in class and I would hand out things. I would say, hi, Lisa. Hi, Joe. Hi. And it would blow them away. So in my mind, I am just, you know, going to blow them away by my awe-inspiring, awesome instructor attitude and knowing their names. But I stood there with my arms crossed. And as they were walking in, in my mind, I was just kind of practicing their name as they mm-hmm. came in and kind of You were totally with communicating with them in I, your mind. In my mind. And I was getting ready to... But it was funny because later on, I had some gals that said, when we walked into class, we thought, oh, no, she is going to be be the worst teacher. And apparently, they they actually used another word that they they called me that when they walked in. I'm using my imagination. (laughs) And and that just blew me away because I thought, me, I'm a great connector. I'm so friendly. In your humble opinion. In my humble opinion. Uh How could they have, like, you know see me in that light but from the minute that that, what does it take three seconds for that first impression Uh people are thinking do do I connect with you do I have the chemistry Mm -hmm. with you absolutely and it's so significant but we come in sometimes and especially I I know I've learned a lot of this from from you there was one time when we had to meet with an attorney and in my mind I was thinking oh my word, this is costing us a fortune and we need to get the information in. So as soon as we walked in, I remember that like, clock is ticking. that clock is ticking and I'm like, end results, this is what we need to accomplish here. And you came in with, hi, I know your wife and oh yes, la 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 la. And I'm like, what is she doing? The, the clock is like going at it. And I don't think we got charged. As a matter of fact, I know we did not get charged for that entire. It's about the relationships. Hours. We connected. connected. We totally connected. No, it wasn't a we thing. You connected. <laughs> I sat there for you. Yeah, I, I got the look across the table quite a bit. It was like, okay, no, no, this is a good thing. This is okay to connect like this. But you know what? It, you you made a great point when you're well, talking about. You. Yes. Did you I, write it down? Did you write my point down? Like I, I actually asked? wrote down the word connecting. I typed it. Does that count? It's good to know. Um, is, is and part of communicating and being a good connector is even our body language. Yes. You know, it, it, it says a lot, like you said, because people assess us by how we're communicating through our body language. Yes. Well, talk is easy. And like you said, even through your body language, but people can talk and everybody talks. But the question is, how can you make your words count? And have you ever been with someone who says a lot, but actually doesn't say much? And that's something that we really have to evaluate. Okay. I mean, have you ever gone to lunch with someone or been in a meeting with, and you realize I'm doing all the talking and what is my bottom line? What, what am I really trying to accomplish here? Or have you ever been at a lunch with somebody and they do all the talking <laughs> and you find yourself like your eye, cause there's, they're talking and going on, but they're not really saying anything. Yes. And you find you're getting that glaze where you're going, okay, you're talking to yourself going, focus, focus, stay in the game. But you're all, all of a sudden you're doing your shopping list and your yes. Christmas list and you're, you're being very organized in your mind. You have things. no idea what they're saying. Right. And it, and, and you know what? It, on both instances, whether you're the communicator using a lot of words and not giving the other person a chance to engage, or the, the person sitting across the table is doing that to you, it can be exhausting well, both, I, for both parties. I remember that one time you and I had to meet with a gal, and she was trying to sell us her, her book. And I think she went on for literally an hour and a half to two hours. And since we weren't engaged and talking, she was doing all the talking. We literally, after that meeting, <laughs> you remember that we had to go home and take a nap or go back to the hotel and took a nap before our next meeting. And we, we have were never ever taken a nap on the road because we ever. want to seize every moment when we're on the road traveling. And it, it we were both us. exhausted. We were like, 
Okay, I don't think any amount of caffeine right now can get get us back in the groove. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There, <laughs> we we couldn't come out of it, and we we were laughing afterwards, going, "I don't think anybody has ever drained us to that level of trying to be there, communicating and connecting with someone that there was no connection taking place." Well, and if you don't have that connection, people are not going to truly hear your heart and and what and your message that you're trying to communicate because it gets lost in the minutiae of words and, and like our body language, like you said. Well, and you have to be engaged and you have to be authentic in what you share. And that's what makes a really good communicator and a really good con- connector. So this, this sometimes gets a little heady, but some people communicate. You. Are you with me? With Are you, you still writing it all down? <laughs> all my wisdom and knowledge. Yes. yes. Some people communicate mechanically. Mm-hmm. And we've been with those people where it's mm-hmm. almost like they're a robot and they're just giving you information, which is awesome when you're around someone that's that intelligent. But it's, it's but you also know they've given this information so many times and it's, it's just rote. Yes. And you, you, you see that maybe even in a teacher, you know, where mm-hmm. the teachers are just mechanically giving, providing information for the, the student. Some people communicate hypocritically because you know their life is one way, but they're over here saying other things. Mm-hmm. And, and so you immediately discredit what they're saying. Some people communicate theoretically, and maybe we just don't connect on that level, <laughs> but it's sometimes it's without passion. So when components are missing in the communication, the results for the communicator, as well as for the person listening, it can be exhausting. So However, the three components. Wait, that I must you interrupt need. you. You're high on caffeine, aren't you, this day? <laughs> you are just like, I love it. You're communicating and connecting very effectively in your caffeine induced state. Is the chemistry there, though? It's totally there. <laughs> okay. I'm with you. Then I'm okay. So, the three components that need to be present you have to have the thought, the emotion, and the action. And if you have all these things and you're saying it with conviction and passion, then you have credibility. Mm-hmm. And that that's what makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And, and you hear of even people that are, um, that are teaching or they're lecturing and they're irritated that the students are just not getting it where it's like, I don't understand. They're, they're not, it, it, I, how many times do I have to repeat this information? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, but you're not repeating it with those components that, that your audience can. Well, and the communicator is responsible for the teaching. Yes. It's not the listener. And so many times we go, it's their fault because they're not hearing us and they're not listening. But you, we as a communicator need to own the responsibility of, of communicating effectively. Are we using our words wisely? Are we using, is our body language backing up our words? Are we engaged and are we passionate? And it goes back to what we talked about before is you, do you understand why you're communicating this message? Does it mean something to you? Because when it means something to us, then you're, you're more passionately going to communicate that message to others, and they're going to hear it. Absolutely. Well, and, and w- stories are a great way, yes. as we know, to back up anything that you're trying to communicate effectively. And the result is connection when, you're, when you finally get that. And, and we are very passionate about this. And mm-hmm. we, if people could just get that connecting is so important. But we do want to make sure that we source John Maxwell's latest book, Everyone Communicates, Few Connect. And he comes up with this great theory of how you put that communication and use it wisely and that truly the, the best leaders, and you see this with, you know, even right now through the election, are the ones that are connecting on that level and they have that kind of chemistry and they're putting all of, all of those components mm-hmm. as even as, as they're doing the debate. 
Absolutely. Well, it goes back to the question that we asked earlier is, do you believe you can change the world or at least a corner of your world? And do you see yourself as a leader? And really what we're going to talk about today with, with our guest, Russell Helwig, is how do we inspire each other to communicate effectively, to be an effective leader, and to make those connections that are so significant in our, in our leadership. So we just want to challenge everyone to, even ourselves, is like, are we really communicating effectively? Are we passionate about our message? Do we really own our message? And will we take responsibility for how others are going to hear that message? So we're excited to, about today's show and just the tips and tricks that we're going to walk away with. And I'm, I'm going to be typing today because I know Russell's going to have some significant things. Stay with us. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it Radio right after these. What's ideal for you? Really? What's ideal for you? Being who you are, doing what you love, and getting out and about with friends. What's ideal for you? With your host, Janice Christopher, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. And it all starts with Janice doing just that. Then being open, curious, authentic, and living her life on a quest to discover everything that could possibly make life ideal. Check out the website, whatsidealforyou.com. Studies have shown that 80% of Americans, and probably everyone else too, dislike their work. 80%. The mission then is to turn that passion statistic around. To show how it is possible to live your passions and make a living. Or live your passions so that you'll be able to mush through your job until you can change it. And watch life's magic begin to happen. It's What's Ideal for You with your host Janice Christopher. Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Do holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. Central on Tokyo. Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to HeartfilledHolidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. 
Well, I expect to pass through life but once. If therefore there be any kindness I can show or any good deed I can do for a fellow human being, let me do it now so I will not pass this way again. And that was William Penn, which I'm sure you have that quote memorized. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is a quote from our guest, Russell Helwig, who wholeheartedly endorses. And Russell is the author of the book, Leadership Below the Surface. With over 25 years in management, he has um, acutely been aware of how to instill true inspiration and teamwork. The Arizona Republic um, actually invited Russ to share his views on leadership, and he now enjoys writing a weekly column. His proven track record in his ability to motivate, inspire, and lead the teams he has been entrusted with over the years has made his message not only inspirational, it has also struck a nerve with corporate America. So obviously, Russell is an amazing connector. Um, His speaking engagements include Fortune 500 companies and business groups, special interest groups, school students, and many different churches. Welcome, Russell, to Girlfriend at This Day. Well, thank you so much, Patty and Lisa, for having me. It's exciting. I love the uh, uh, entry music. You know, we want to have fun, and it's fun to lead. It's a difficult, uh, you know, current economic condition that we're in, and it's really challenging leaders to lead in a lot of different ways. And I, and I know we're going to talk about a lot of those things today. So I'm excited to be with both of you. Well, we are so excited to have you, and we're glad that you caught uh, the fun part, because that is our core value, and we do believe if you're not having fun, then it's really hard to, to lead. That's right, and you know, there's a lot of challenges. We have to confront issues. We have to understand the new generation. We have to understand the demands in the corporate world as far as profits and, and how do we operate, and we've had downsizing, and now we're starting to recover a little bit. So now we're bringing new people in. Those people have to be trained. So, you know, we're, we're coming through another period of a business upcycle, and, and it takes a little bit of talent and a lot of patience as a current leader to get this next group and foundation uh, up and running. And uh, it stretches all of the uh, talents that you think you have as a leader. You're, mm-hmm. you're really finding out if you do have that talent now. Mm-hmm. Well, Russell, as we know, Patty said, you know, one of our core values is fun and, and fun is a choice and you have to be intentional with creating fun because the leadership journey can be lonely, can be exhausting and discouraging. Um, we, and we also know that so many people, we like to hear when people, people that are effective leaders, we like to know why they're so passionate about leadership and about what they do. So can you kind of back into your story? Because we know that you, you kind of have a saying, overcoming obstacles, achieving success. And with any great leader, there are so many obstacles on that journey toward any success that you do experience. Can you back into and just share a little bit of your story and the obstacles and the challenges that have defined your leadership today? Sure. Well, I think the great question, as we talked um, in in the early months on before we came to the program date, was why choose leadership? Uh, first of all, I think all of us have some desire to lead change or be part of change or take control of things to make things better. Look at your program. Obviously, Patty and Lisa, you have a deep desire to be effective leaders in what you do, and you're doing that. So. 
What is it that burns in you? What is it that burns in the individual that says, you know what, I want to go into management. I want to be in leadership. I think I can make a difference. And so I think there's different stages of leadership at this point. You know, I'll celebrate my 54th birthday here on October 30th. And, um, boy, the lessons I have learned along the way uh, when I first started that journey of accepting the role of being a leader have been tremendous. At first, we're excited. We think everybody's going to jump on board, and, mm-hmm. and that's great. But then along the way, you start finding out you're leading people that have different personalities, different behaviors, and you have to get them toward this goal, which is, of course, we know in the business world, there's a goal to produce, make a profit, and take care of the customer. So, um, Again, that's a great starting point for us today is to say, why are we choosing leadership? And I think people really need to have some, some core reasons that you're choosing it, uh, because once you get in it, you're going to find that you better really enjoy it, because it's a journey that's developing, and you're going to learn as you go. And it's not always going to be great. As you said, it's lonely at the top. Yes, it is. You're going to have to make decisions. You're going to have to make calls. Uh, not everybody's going to like it. You're going to be the topic of gossip and conversation at the lunchroom and, and on break time. And, and you'll have to learn after a while that that's just part of leadership. And you have to go with what you feel. You have to take the time to understand all the different dynamics, all the details before you make a decision. And then you have to stay with that decision. It's mm-hmm. not always easy. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, we, we have a lot of listeners that are um, kind of experiencing this on the on the front end of leading, whether it's an organization or a ministry. And we've seen so many times that a lot of times the people you rally around you at the beginning, and, and you know, you're casting this incredible vision, you're going to go take the mountain together, there's nothing's going to stop you. And then, you know, life and leadership happens, like you talk about the challenge, the obstacles. Many times the, the original team or people that were with you in the beginning, they start leaving you for various reasons. And that is always so painful because you want the people that start with you to finish with you. But rarely is that is that the case. Can you kind of address that issue? Sure. Uh, you know, um, and we have a lot of friends that are in the ministry, and, you know, I think the current uh, statistic is the average stay of most pastors, I think this is true, and this is what our pastor had mentioned to me, is three years mm-hmm. at any given church. Now, I don't know if that's still current, but um, look, let's face it, leadership is great when everybody's happy. It's great when it's a booming economy. It's great when the offerings are coming in. It's great when all the volunteers have signed up. But what happens when you go through what we just went through in the last three years? You start finding out that people's behaviors change, their moods change. Um, sometimes you start noticing more critical spirits. And that's why I say in the last three years, if you've held any kind of leadership or management role, whether it be in the business world, the church, or the home, you have been challenged. And, um, you know, we've raised three kids. Our oldest is 30. My daughter's 25. My youngest is 24. So not only have I had to learn how to develop my leadership skills in the workplace, but I've had to learn how to do that at home. And it brings us back to why we choose leadership. We choose the leadership in the beginning. Some people are with us. Some people leave. Here's what you have to do. 
you have to go back and remember what was the core reason you chose your leadership. People are going to come and go. How about this statistic? Listen to this. In, in 2011, a large wholesaler issued 40,000 W-2s, 40,000, for 16,000 employee positions. Now, that means that there was a 2.5 employee turnover in a single year. The vast majority of these were millennials. Now, I'm not targeting that age group, but I'm just saying we are in a very unstable time economically. People's minds are, are there. They're not there. And in the business world, and I, and I really even think the church is going to have to pay attention that, you know, the old core group of people that volunteered 20 years ago came from a different generation, and, and it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to always use this statistic, and I think you ladies know it, 20% of the people always do, you know, 100% of the work or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, again, we're in a rebuilding stage in, in America, corporately, in the family, um, and even in the church. And I think what you're going to see, and we're noticing this, you know, even with this election, people are pretty sharp. People can go on YouTube. They can Google information. And I think this generation is so much more wiser and keen to mm-hmm. who is a real leader. And if you're a real leader and you demonstrate that, and people trust you, and they know you're for real, mm, people are going to stick with you, and you're going to have tremendous results. Now, people move on. People move out of organizations. They move away from different areas. They leave the church for different reasons or businesses. But if people really connect with you, and they feel a trust, and they have faith in you, I think amazing things can happen. And, you know, we were just talking about that earlier in the segment, Russ, with if they can connect with you. And I I don't know if with the next generation, it seems like they even focus on that more because like you you just mentioned that the information is at your fingertips and they're just, you know, more keen and, and knowledgeable. So the knowledge is there and the IQ is there. Now I want to trust someone. And I think that, like you said, with the millennials coming up, that the trust as they, they've seen that it's not working for their parents so much. Of, of them, you know, the loyalty and being in a, in a corporation for, you know, 40 years. And so they're, they're more likely to hop around and they want where they have the faith and the trust in someone, not necessarily they're putting their loyalty there. Do you, well, would you say that that's true? Well, here, here's another statistic. Half of millennials, 20-somethings, would rather have no job than to have a job they don't like. Okay, and here... <laughs> Millennials are five times more likely to quit if they have a poor relationship with their manager. It, this is this is the world we're in. Yeah, you know, hard statistics. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and here's the thing. You're exactly right. They they're they're so in tune to what's happening in their home, what's happening in their friend's home. Um, listen, I'm very thankful. My wife and I, you know, we're celebrating. Um, let's see, we were married in 1981. So I don't want to get myself in trouble. Do the math. Okay? <laughs> we're, we're still together. Now, listen, that's taken a lot of work. And I don't let a moment go by that I don't spend 
some, and we've had some great discussions with our kids, you know, um, in the family room, sitting in the jacuzzi at night. And, and my goal is, because I didn't have really great leadership growing up in the home, I'm working hard at that. And, and I spend time with them, and I listen Russell, to them. we are going to take a commercial okay. break. Hold that thought, and we will be okay. right back. Thank you. you. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriended. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Join us for self-aid success stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on Togginap.com. Helen Wu was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown. And after a very difficult upbringing, fighting depression, abuse, and addictions, she finally finds herself genuinely happy inside and out. Helen believes in taking our positive thinking and doing something positive to achieve a positive outcome. She's here to make a positive difference in your life, to be your game changer, your aha moment mentor. She's ready to help both men and women get into a better place. Helen Wu is also the author of Self-Aid Success Stories, 25 Success Stories from Successful Entrepreneurs. Inspired by Ellen DeGeneres, Helen wants the world to know that just because we find ourselves in a difficult situation doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can aid ourselves to a better life. So join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. People have the means to live. But no meaning to live for. These are the words of Dr. Viktor Frankl. The inspiration for the movie, Victor and I. That's V-I-K-T-O-R and I, movie.com. And Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection. With host, Mary Similuka. And frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things, and are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now, these deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Similuka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back with our guest, leadership guru, Russell Helwig. And we really want you to walk away from our show today better equipped in your leadership, more inspired, and inspired to, to really take action. And um, Russell, we just so appreciate you joining our show. And I know our, re- our listeners can find more about you at inspireandlead.com. You have a lot of great information there, tips and tricks on, on effective leadership. But as we were going into the commercial break, we were talking a little bit about just the ta- challenges of leading, and especially leading with this next generation and it looks very different for the millennials than it does for say our generation in and um and just previous generations can can you kind of expand on that 
Well, you know, we came through a lot of different times. You know, our grandparents, you know, were strong, and then some things skip a generation, and then our parents, you know, had a little bit more of the freedom and passed down of of, of uh, inheritances and, and whatnot, and now we've got another generation that's rebuilding, and we've got more single parents at home. We have more single moms raising uh, kids, and so, you know, I just say that as as leaders today, we have to be connected with this group. It's not what it was 20 or 30 years ago. And I would just say for the ladies, and I understand that's a large part of your audience, you know, there's a lot of men that have lost their job. And it's very hard on women today because, you know, the man is down, he's discouraged, um, the wife is sitting there sometimes, um, the, the, the main breadwinner, let's say, of the income, the kids. The, you know, we're just going through different things that even if you talk to your grandparents today, they may offer you some counsel, but they're not living it every day. It's a different world out there. So I would just say this, you know, it takes a lot of faith. It takes a lot of prayer. You have to take it one day at a time. I'm 54 years old, and I'm living in this situation with with every generation beyond, you know, just talking about this. I'm I'm in the trenches with everybody, and I would just say, number one, you have to have some strong faith every day. You are not going to be able to lead people, lead your kids, handle all this if you don't have faith. So that's number one, faith and then believing that you will get through the obstacles, overcoming obstacles. You know, it used to be, what, you had six days a week, everything was good, and then one day you had a bad day. Now it seems like six days are bad days, and you're hoping that you can have one day that's good. So, you know, mentally, you have to be strong. Mm -hmm. You have to be a strong person mentally. Where does that come from? Again, it has to come from faith. Faith, your time alone, start the day you know, and I hope I can say this on your program, start the day with some prayer, um, be connected that way, because people are coming at you from all different angles with all sorts of anxiety, mm-hmm. behavioral problems um, in the workplace. If you're managing people, you better be paying attention to this generation and understand they've got to take the kid to school. They've got to leave sometimes. They've got to come back. That is the workforce. And so if you don't understand the generation you're currently leading, you will not lead them successfully. So be connected with them and, and, and help them. Um, this is a different style of leadership than what we've seen for years. You can't push statistics and programs on people. You're going to have to deal with the human side of the organization now, and that's going to be probably for the next four, five, six, seven years until we come out of this business cycle and start developing the next generation of leaders. And, and I have to interrupt right there where you were saying um, you have got to connect with them. I know I just spoke with a very strong leader that was starting a new position, and I said, what, what are you doing first? Like, you know, I, I, I'm always intrigued with that. You come in, you take on this new position, and how, how are you going to lead these people? And it was interesting because she said, all I'm doing right now is meeting with them. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that that to me is a very strong leader because it's exactly what you just said. If you are not connecting with the people that you're going to be leading and you don't know what their needs are and you don't know where they're going. And e- even like you said, the behavioral problems, I it, it just seems like this is even escalating. There just seems to be, I don't know, more disorders that are out there. And you need to, to meet with these people and, and really get to know them one-on-one 
if you're going to lead them and know what their challenges are. Well, so are there any other tips on that? Like how, how would you, what would your suggestion be there? Well, you have to understand the pressure points of this, this generation. I mean, you know, their phones are there. They're getting texts during the day, possibly from a babysitter saying, hey, your son is, you know, having a tough day. They're getting calls from the school if they're a single parent. I, I just, I tip my hat to the single parents out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they do it without the camaraderie of having another mate. I, I'm, I, I'll tell you, I, I just, I, I admire those people. They, to me, are the heroes of this next generation. But, you know, as far as getting back to the connecting, you've got to build relationships with these folks. And, you know, the older generation, uh, remember, during the industrial age, a lot of, you know, our management team came out of, uh, people from the military, and I have nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, there's a softer side, and you're going to need to know how to read people. You've got to be savvy to people's personalities, understand what are they dealing with at home, how does that affect them here at the workplace, are they a good performer, how can I make them be a better performer, how about if I give them a flexible schedule. You're going to have to bend, because look, this is the workforce. <laughs> That's it. And, you know, when this economy comes back, watch what happens, because the statistics I'm reading say that 70% of the people that are at a current job uh, will be leaving because they're in jobs that they really don't like. So the companies that understand that, that provide good leadership, I'm not saying we give the employees you know, free reign. There has to be rules. There has to be procedure manuals, guidelines. But you've got to learn how to connect because, look, if you're going to grow your company, you can't be a one-man show. Mm. Your employees connect with your clients. How are they connecting? Mm. Well, and even in talking about this, you're, you're talking about you know how we, we really need to connect with the people we lead and engage and, and understand them, which kind of leads to like how do we effectively manage our time and leader, leadership? How do we allocate certain parts? What does leadership look like as far as from a time management, how we allocate our time? Because it's changed so so significantly in the past several years, even with social media. How much time do you spend in, in social media and, and promoting? There's all that, you know, there's understanding your your employees, your your customers, the marketing, and then leading what you're trying, your vision. How How do you address that? Well, you have to be a good time manager, and you have to make sure you're not getting interrupted with the minutia and and the politics and 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 the political tug of war that goes on in corporations, and and that happens with personalities. Um, and I think that's a big deterrent today. Remember, we had people that were trying to secure their their desk during the downturn. That caused a lot of insecurity. And so as you grow again, a lot of people want to hold on to all the information. New people are hired. The the older people don't want to give that information away. And so that's a whole other thing that we have to address as we move forward. And that is if we're going to expand again, you have to have cross-training. You have to have people that are willing to share the information or your organization is not going to grow. And, you know, that's really why we wrote the book. That's why the title, Leadership Below the Surface, was created. And that is, in my early years leading, I looked around and I said to myself, okay, what am I noticing in managers above me, leaders above me? What is it that they really struggle with? And you know what it was, Patty and Lisa? It wasn't the process of what the company did. The main problem I saw every single leader deal with was how they were handling people. 
Hmm. And, and listen, here's a statistic. 80% of most people in management do not want to confront the issues. That's why I wrote the book. What does leadership below the surface mean? It means you've got to get below the surface. You've got to dig down at those times where it's time to call an employee in, have a, have a discussion, same, same as raising your kids. You say, hey, we're having a family meeting tonight. Well, Dad, what are we talking about tonight? Hey, we're going to talk about where are you going on Friday night? Hey, what are you doing? You know, what kind of people are you hanging around? These are the real things, and you can't avoid it and think everything's okay. You have to address those issues, and that is not a comfort zone for a lot of people in management. Well, and it goes back to asking questions and asking the right questions because so many people don't engage because they're not, they're just sort of letting people, whether it's as parents, letting our kids go out without really asking them, okay, where, where are you going? Why are you doing that? Do you think that is the best use of your time? Do you think that's a good decision? And then having that dialogue, we get so busy with life that we don't take the time and questions are powerful. And Patty and I are so passionate about asking the right questions and, and we love it when people do because they totally engage you instantly um, in the conversation and you learn so much about people but people don't really ask a lot of questions right and you know I think if there's anything I can say to the younger generation coming up and we have a lot of friends they're younger their kids are younger and you know I always joke with them and I just say well hang on because when they hit high school you know, just get ready because there's Friday night football games and mm-hmm. I don't care you know how many church camps your kids have been to and and how many prayers you've had at the dinner table, guess what? These people are going to start developing their brain a different way. They're going to be exposed to different things. You know, and then, of course, after that, then you've got to, you know, walk them through the college years. And it's like, okay, now, you know, we've got the bar scene and we've got everybody else. And then here's this one. What kind of friends and foundation uh, do they have, in, in in other words, with the group that they're with? Because if we have statistics of 40% of marriages end in divorce, guess what? You might be a family that's together, but your kids are hanging out with a lot of people that don't have the same family structure. And so, you know, it, you've got to be connected. And here's the probably the most important thing I think you can share as a leader. Number one, you have to show people daily that you're in the trenches with mm-hmm. them doing the work because they won't respect hearing you tell them something, but I'll tell you what. If they see you in there in the trenches, they're going to garner your respect and nobody will say a word because you're showing them that you're doing what they do, and that is you're working hard. So that's number one. Number two, I think when you have meetings and there has to be some confrontation, I think it's a good thing to open up and share some of your challenges and your past failures. Some managers would say to me, oh, Russ, mm-hmm. I can't. I can't sit in front of my people and share the mistakes I've, I've made. Really? Why? Because you're creating a false image, and now you're going to disconnect people even farther. You have to share those. Share the bad decision you made or what happened and how you fixed it. Because, listen, failure is inevitable. We're all going to fail. That happens. And on that note, we will be right back. Our goal today is to inspire you to act so This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, 
Girlfriended. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on Toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Do you feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose at all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? We'll pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. here on Tugginet Radio. Like many women, finding balance in life and time to take care of yourself is hard to do. Between managing a career and marriage and children and a busy family schedule, it's hard to maintain a sense of self. And Heather shares how she does it. Check out Heather's website, basilmama.com. Join us for food and a whole lot more on Around the Kitchen Sink with your host, Heather Tallman. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back with our guest, leadership guru, Russell Helwig. And today we want you to walk away from the show better equipped in your leadership. And we, we left you at the last segment talking about leading as well as leading in, in home. And um, Russ, you were talking about just uh, some of your friends that have younger kids going into high school and then going into college and just the struggles there. Can, can you um, give us a, some tips since your children are in their 20s uh, of how you were able to, to lead them? And especially, like you said, just sitting around at the dining room table or in the jacuzzi, um, really pouring into them because if we're not pouring into them the world is and we need to figure out which which one we want for our kids what's the foundation that they're going to be walking into the next generation with sure well i think the the one thing that we've learned my wife and i have learned and that is each child is different each behavior is different each development is different my daughter you know can just jump forward dad this is what i'm going to do and you know, she wanted to be a dental hygienist, and boom, she just went for it and did it. And the boys, I think, got a little caught up in the high school years with other things that interested them a little bit more, let's say, <laughs> right away than their academics, which was football and girls. And so, you know, and, and you have to learn that along the way, everybody will find their spot. 
And, you know, the one thing you can't do is measure people up, measure your kids up this one to that one or this one to that Mm -hmm. family, and I see what they're doing. Hey, look, we've all been created, and we've all been given different gifts. Uh, Life is a journey, right? And along the way, we learn things at different times. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we just don't have the patience. We've got to pray We've got to have patience. We've got to be there. And I wrote some notes here, and that is the biggest struggle we have is time versus time. Time versus time. In other words, we're busy, we're running, and we're fighting time versus time. In other words, we need to take the time, but everybody says we don't have the time. But you know what? We need to take the time. We need to take the time. And so, you know, yes, today we, we, we still have our family meetings. One of the big things I try to do is, hey, let's, let's have some spaghetti Sunday night. We'll watch the Sunday night football game. Um, I make it a point to take the boys or my daughter and, and, you know, we go to the football games. We do things because I'm going to take every opportunity I can to connect to them and find out what's going on in their world and their world is a different world than my world was at their age. And I think if we remember that, and if we all are always patient to understand, we might be developed in our brain academically and with with the experiences of life. They're not there yet. And I think sometimes that's the greatest frustration parents have, is it's like, look, I want you to be here. And the kid's like, I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. And they're not there yet. They don't even understand it yet. You can't talk to a 16-year-old about what a mortgage payment is. They don't understand what the mortgage payment is. <laughs> so, you know, you've, and that goes back to managing. Who are you leading? What is their age group? What's their life experience? And are you connected to them? And, and leaders have to always remember, you can get caught up in the task at hand, and you can forget those that you're leading may not be there with you. They're not leaders. They're not managers. So you can't expect them to think always like you do. Well, and I, I have a tendency to to lead that well where I, I, I want the task, I want the end result. So I love the tip on just time and especially as a parent, just staying current with your kids. As parents, we want to come in and give them all the, the to-do list and like you said, just spending time and staying current with them, then you've earned the right to breathe into them. And you've earned the right in conversation when it's not a a time of conflict to be able to share stories and share your heart rather than when it's conflict time and it turns into the the yelling uh, time. And, you know, same thing with leading in, in an organization. If you're spending time, just like what Lisa said and you had said earlier, when you're dealing with that conflict, it's exhausting. So you have a tendency to not want to deal with it. But if you're staying current with these individuals, you can share when you're just walking along beside them. Maybe you, you're playing golf or tennis or just in, in the team building time, be able to share rather than in the disciplinary time. Correct. And, you know, here's the thing about leadership. And I think we all want to be leaders and we all want to manage. And I, I often joked with friends along the way. I wish I would have written a book on gardening because, you know, I kind of set myself <laughs> up for this long journey of, you know, I wrote this book and I said, here's how you have to lead. Now, 30 some years later, you know, I have to live up to this. Well, okay, but that's okay. That's okay. Because you know what, ladies, I want to go out and I want to go out and I want my kids and the people that know me to say, wow, that guy wasn't a perfect guy. He made mistakes. He didn't always make the right call. But one thing about Russ, he 
he got up and he handled his leadership responsibility every day. Mm. And, and, you know, that's what I'm going to do. I'm determined to do that. That's my responsibility as a dad. That's my responsibility as a leader. Um, you know, when the Arizona Republic asked us three years ago to write some columns and we submitted them and they critiqued them and said, we'll do this, do that, and they said, well, we'll give this a go. Well, we gave it a go, and here we are three years later. Mm. We're connecting with the community. We're connecting with people because I'm just a leader from the trenches. That's what I know, and, and I think that if we have more leaders that will open up um, remember this about your kids, too. Let me throw this in real quick. They're going to make mistakes. Love them. They're going to mm. make mistakes. Pray for them. And mm. you're going to have to be patient. Um, it's a different world. Remember what's at their fingertips. They're getting so much exposure now that we never had. And, and, and so love them. Pray for them. And remember this. You and I, all we all made some mistakes along the way. I, I did some goofy things in my teenage years, and I share that with the kids because I want to stay connected with them so they realize, hey, I can come to Dad with this mm-hmm. because he's not going to put me down and make me feel shameful. And, and as a leader, you know, again, remember, it's like my son and I always say, I hear what you're saying, but I see what you're doing. Mm. Well, and that is the biggest challenge as, as parents or, or pastors or leaders is like you've got to be the same person up front with other people as you are behind your front door at home. And that is that is a challenge for leaders is to truly it goes back to that whole thing, you know, walk the talk and, and, and it goes back to authenticity and vulnerability. And that's what this, like you said, the younger generation, they really value that authentic approach to life and to leading in life. And they can totally sniff out a, a phony. And, and that's, that's a great challenge for us to be, be the person we say we are and be in the trenches and understand them and take the time to just to engage and to understand their challenges. You, you say that so many people, I think it's like 70% of people avoid dealing with the real issues of leadership. Um, why do you think that number is so high? And how can we challenge people to go, it's okay to get engaged, and this is a few ways that, that you can engage. And go into the conflict zone. Patty and I, we, we have found so many times in dealing with women, it, so much of leadership goes back to dealing with conflict and resolving conflict in a healthy manner. How would you, how would you address that? Sure, and, and where are we at in the program so I know time-wise? Are we getting kind of close? I don't want to... You- you have about four minutes. Okay, four so minutes. Share well, all of your 10,000 hours, all your knowledge in four minutes. Okay. Well, look, <laughs> conflict, we avoid it for this reason. We don't want to be rejected. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, you know, mm-hmm. we don't want to be rejected. We want people to like us. I, I think I tweeted one day, I said, you know, uh, false expectations created by others, you know, unrealistic expectations created by others are not healthy realistic expectations that we understand are. In other words, you know, I learned early on, listen, I wanted early on to please my in-laws. I wanted to please the owners of the company. I wanted to please my pastor. I wanted to please everybody. You know what happened? I got on a treadmill. I got on a treadmill, and I was honest enough after a while to say to myself, hey, I'm not quite so happy as I used to be. What's happening here? Well, Mm -hmm. You know, you're trying to please this person and that person this person. Look, the statistics are we've lost a lot of the young people in the church, depending on the church they go to. Now, you know, we're connected to a pretty uh, 
modern church, let's say, if you want to say that. Maybe some of the older generation doesn't like the, the music and, and how loud it is. But I'll tell you what I see. I see young people coming in, you know, tattoos, earrings. I don't care what it is. You know what? I get emotional when I see those kids come through the front door. And I say to myself, wow, wow. If it wasn't for here, where would they go? If it wasn't for here, where would they go? And this is on a Sunday morning. Come on. I know where they were last night. I know they were probably out till 1 or 2 o'clock, but they're here. And so, again, something's connecting. Something's working. And I think that's what we have to do as we lead this next generation. We've got to be open. We've got to be honest. Hey, leaders, look it. We're in a fishbowl. People watch us. They're going to critique us. We have to know in our heart we're doing the best we can. So how do you set yourself up to be a successful leader? Number one, be, lead, be, be real. Number two, don't get on the treadmill. You get on the treadmill to perform for, for people, you're going to head, head right down the road for burnout and breakdown. Don't do that. Be yourself. Learn how to say no. No, I can't make it to that event. No, I'm sorry, I can't take on that other function. My plate's full right now. I, I hope to maybe do that for you next year. And then share with people that you're – you're leading and be real. You know, if you're struggling, say, hey, you know what? I'm struggling. I could really use some prayer this week. I could really use some extra support. Um, a lot of leaders feel like, well, if I show that side, you know, people won't think I'm, think I'm a great leader. Well, I disagree. I think people, if, know, if people know you, they know your history, they're going to love you even more because they're going to say, wow, I can relate to this person because he's living the life I'm living, and here's what impresses me the most. He's facing all the challenges I face, and he's still leading? Wow. I love this guy. How does he do that? That, to me, is what this generation is looking for. Absolutely. Well, Russell, again, we just want to say thank you for joining us and just sharing all your wealth of information and insight and just your life experiences because we all can glean and, and learn and, and be inspired in our own leadership and not get over overcome and overwhelmed with the obstacles and the challenges. Well, we hope that today's show has inspired you to action and, and making a difference in your corner of the world. And we are with you in the leadership journey and we want to encourage you in any way we can and equip you with resources and relationships. So stop by our website for more on today's show. You can learn more about Russell Helwig at inspireandlead.com and go to girlfriended.com. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended. The show dedicated to the most important woman you know, your 